Well, hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I hope you guys are having a fantastic day, because I know I am, because today is a day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Well, I have to say that today is a crummy day. It is, actually. The weather, I mean, I was flying, I'm flying down uh, to Boston, and I drove down to Milwaukee. And one thing that I have to say is I'm blessed that, you know, I've been given a great car that can uh, be sustained to go to, um, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I'm talking. Oh, yeah, be sustained to go through the winds and the rains because it's really bad weather. Uh, and this is moving across the whole state of Wisconsin, and I'm sure it's going to move across the Midwest and uh, even on the East Coast. And the East Coast is getting the same amount of rain. But the interesting part is that it's not the warm rain. It's actually the cold rain that is very uh, dreary, and you add the wind in there, and it's and it's. I think it's meant to put get the leaves off of. That's what I'm guessing about with uh, with the rain. <clears throat> and so now that, but you also have the high winds that are coming across and, and it's just, it's just hectic. Uh, and I know tonight's supposed to be kind of the same night, the same weather forecast. And what makes it a little bit more dangerous between hydroplaning is that it's a light rain. And like, what I mean by that is a, it's a light rain that is dangerous, actually, if you go too fast on it. It's a light rain that's not very good for your car, and it's a light rain that's just a very, it makes everything slick on the road, especially on the bridges. I've noticed that through my car, and I definitely can tell you, I definitely don't put my car on cruise control. Uh, I don't really matter, and you see some cars weaving past, weaving past, and, you know, but it's interesting because we look at that in our, in our walk of faith. You know, now here's where I tie everything back in. We can have the rain and bad weather hold us back and cancel plans. We can have that. Or we can have the rain do good. And we can make something out of it. And that's how awesome is that. And so we're going to be looking at Colossians chapter 1. All of Colossians, actually, chapter 1. I absolutely love it. And so with the, before we start off, we're going to start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, Lord. May you guide us and protect us as we continue on the path that you have set before us. Lord, I just pray for a heart of forgiveness, Lord. And I just pray that you can watch over our hearts and, and just protect us as we go through the day. And I just pray that you can also protect our, guide us through the winds and the rains that are coming across the United States I just pray that you can just guide us and make sure that all of us are safe, especially with the cold that's coming behind. I pray that you can provide peace and comfort, Lord. I just pray for our brothers and sisters in Israel, continuing, as they can just continue to pray over their hearts. And just pray that you can just intercede and you can watch over what's going on in that situation. And I know all things are possible, Lord, because you're an awesome God. We just pray this in Jesus' name, amen, and amen. So in verse 1 of chapter, in Colossians chapter 1, we start off by, by Paul's greeting. 
And I absolutely love the way that Paul greets is something that we all need to get used to. What I mean by that is we need to be greeted as if our brothers and sisters are being greeted. And so when we look at Paul chapter one, or not Paul chapter one, Colossians chapter one, verse one, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in uh, Colossus grace to you and peace from God, our father and Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks in verse three, we give thanks to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints because of the hope which is laid up for the Christ for laid up and for you in heaven for which you heard before in the word in the word of the truth of the gospel which has come to you as it has also in all the world and in bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of god and truth as you also learned from ephorus our dear fellow servant who is a faithful minister of christ on your on your behalf who also declared to us your love in the spirit Verse 9, we start, For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and longsuffering, with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the, in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness, and has conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption. <clears throat> Though His blood, through His blood, and forgiveness of sins, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things are created that are in heaven, and that are on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or part or principalities or powers all things are created through him and for him and he is before all things and in him all things consist and he is the head of the body the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the premises, the preminence, 
Now, as we continue on, we're going to continue on to verse 19. For it is pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and, and steadfast, and are not moved away from the, um, from the hop of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to, you, to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Verse 24, I now rejoice in my suffering for you and fill up in my flesh. And what is lacking in the uh, affliction of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church of which I became a minister according to the stewardships of God, which was given to me from God, which was given to me for, for you. To fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been laid hidden from ages and from generations, but now, but now has been revealed to his saints, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory him we preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus to this end I also labor striving according to his working which works in me mightfully amen and amen now have you ever wondered what this truly means in our hearts? You know, one thing that reading Colossians chapter 1, I think of the word monopoly. I don't know why. But imagine that you and your friends had never played the game of monopoly before. So imagine that. Imagine if you ever played monopoly, it is a long, drawn-out game. It's like a game that I remember playing monopoly one time. And we played for eight and a half hours straight. Yes, you heard it. Eight and a half hours. Isn't that? I was, it was kind of a kicker and it was kind of funny. But then one day you find the box in the closet, pull it out and decide to play it. And I have had urges to play Monopoly. But I know that if I were to play Monopoly, I'm not going to get out of it. And, there, and there's no rule book or instructions. Hmm. Or you try to figure out how to play all your own. Do you think you would guess any of the rules correctly? What's all the fake money for? Why there? Why are these little plastic houses? How do the cards even work? 
Imagine if you play Monopoly. Imagine you play Diagopoly. Imagine you play the game Sorry. Imagine you play Cards of Humanity. Imagine you play all these kind of interesting board games and there's no rules. But there's a bunch of things that we don't know. There's a bunch of things that are hopeless. I wouldn't say hopeless, but they're questionable. And we question it. We're like, okay, what what was I given? Or how come this was given to me, but I don't know what to do with it? Do I just come up with my own rules and go off the script? I would think so. But the cool thing is, is that if you're just guessing how to play a board game, you'll probably guess wrong. Matter of fact, 100%. None of us know, unless if we play Monopoly so many times, or unless you play the board game so many times, that you know it from the back of your hand, that you don't need to have Monopoly. You don't need to have the rules. For instance, over the summer, we played Secret Hitler uh, with a group of friends of mine. I absolutely loved it. Now, we had to have rules explained, not once, not twice, but countless times, because we kept getting new players, and sometimes we forget how to, the rules work. But the cool thing is, is that no matter what, we got to a point where we played it so many times where we didn't need the rules. We just knew it all by ourselves. But then you add one character, which is me, I would twist it in. I would add something, or I would do something to throw off the game. And of course, people started catching on and I had to retain myself and I had to kind of get myself back in because people are getting upset at me. So I wanted to make sure I didn't want to get too many people upset. (laughs) But, um, But with this all in mind, if you try to guess what it means to navigate life, now here's a big picture out of Monopoly and out of the board games. If you try to guess what it means to navigate life, you might be just as confused. Life is complicated with lots of moving pieces and unexpected changes. For instance, you look at an accident on the interstate. No one sees an accident coming. It just happens. Especially, but of course you can kind of predict if there's accidents. You know, if it's raining, if it's kind of really bad weather, you can kind of guess you know, if it's like downpouring, you know that there's going to be an accident. Or if there's snowing, you know that there's going to be an accident. But even if there's really, really high wind, you also know that there's going to be something that's happening. But that's, but the big picture is you're not going to know when an accident is going to happen. Or if you're going to be affected by an accident. See, that's the interesting part is, is that even I know that I, as my heart goes out, I know that I'm not guaranteed to make it tomorrow. I'm not guaranteed. None of us are guaranteed. See, that's how compl- that's how complex life is. Or we go to a doctor's appointment and you get a diagnosis at age 26 or age 29 or in your early 30s potentially of cancer diagnosis. Now, you weren't planning for that. None of us plan for that. But the interesting part is is that then we continue on and it states that you shouldn't try we shouldn't try to figure out how life works on our own and according to the bible you don't have to for many years i thought i had to uh learn how the bible works i not how it works but for many years i thought okay this is what i'm gonna do so this is gonna be the new year's i'm gonna hopefully find a girlfriend if i don't find a girlfriend it'll be next year and or list goes on. Oh, okay, going through the daily motions, 
or I'm going to try to prevent something so I can prepare for the worst to come. But the cool thing is that we don't need to always prepare for ourselves because God does it for you. All we need to do then is glorify his kingdom. You know, and as we continue on, the Bible says that Jesus holds all the creation together. We don't. I don't hold my life together. I don't hold myself together. God does. And that's how awesome that is. And that he is basically the one who has made the game. He knows all the rules and even more importantly, loves you and wants you to know the right from wrong. If you're stressed and worried about what steps to take or what the guidelines are, you've got a connection to someone who wants to help you. How awesome is that? You got somebody, you got Jesus, who cares and loves for you and will do anything and everything to make sure that you get back on the right path. You have Jesus for you when you get the bad cancer diagnosis. And then he'll take care of you. You got Jesus that will show you mercy and will show you love. You know, I find it to be, I find that to be assuring, comforting. Because I don't need to control what happens. I don't need to be in control. All I need to do is make sure that I love God and I love people. We also need to make sure that we need to show grace for others as well, not just for our own. And and with all this in mind, this brings me to, once again, to what's going on in our day and age. You know, we see so many, we see life coaches. I don't know, you know, the interesting part is that life coaches were never a thing before. Or, you know, life coaches. And the thing that I don't like life coaches because they tell you what to do. They tell you who to go for. They tell you what what to purchase, what not to purchase. The list can go on with the life coaches. But nine out of the ten times, life coaches don't tell you one simple solution, which is God. Put God in your life and everything will be taken care of. Put God first, everything will be taken care of. He'll take care of you. But no, life coaches don't want to do that because that's such an easy thing to do. You have to make money off of it somehow. That's why I'm not a big fan of life coaches. I've never liked liked them in the first place. <clears throat> but I do know that as we continue through this weekend, as we continue through the days, we have a map all planned out for us. All we have to do is just put our trust and faith in God, and the rest will be taken care of. And with all this in mind, we're going to end it with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, Lord. May you guide us and protect us as we continue on the path that you have set before us, so that when we cross that finish line, Lord, we can run into your arms, and we can say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray, (laughs) amen and amen. I know, but the devotional is short. And it is just a very cool thing. I'm probably going to give you a fair warning. Tomorrow will probably be the last episode for a little bit. We're taking about a 
couple day break. We'll be back on Friday. Uh, where we're going to be start doing episodes again on Friday. So we're taking about a week-long break. That way it'll give you enough time to catch up on any missing episodes that you might have missed. And hopefully, or might be doing it tomorrow, give it a full week, uh, and allow you guys to have a week off of listening to my voice. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that uh, same thing with the SAS report. We're also going to take a week off on that area. But I hope you guys have an awesome week um and and also just may the lord bless you and keep you may his countenance be upon you as you go through this journey together remember god loves you and i'll meet you at the finish line bye what is our hope well i want to tell you it's very important that you have some hope because you see you not only have world problems that i've mentioned but you've got your own personal problems You've got your own personal pressures. You've got your own personal hell that you're living in right now and you're looking for a way out and a way of escape. How am I going to get out from under this load I'm carrying? Maybe you're failing in, at the university. Maybe it's a broken love affair. It may be something else. Pressure from your parents. Whatever it may be. Maybe your parents are broken up and it's torn you up. And you feel the pressure and you want to run and hide and you want to escape. You've tried the drug route. You've tried the alcohol and it hasn't worked. Well, it's very important that you have hope. If you ever lose your hope, you're finished. Old or young. What oxygen is for the lungs, such is hope for the meaning of human life. And the fate of humanity is dependent, I believe, in its supply of hope.